Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Voice of Hope, Chris Sesser and Troy Peverall. We are thankful that you would join us, and today we're going to uh, do something a little different. We're going to have a conversation, um, and we're not sure how long it's going to go. Like, it could go today <laughs> for right. about seven minutes, uh, or it could go for, I think, like seven different episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, just because of, you know, what, what Troy and I know about kind of, you know, this conversation and how many layers... Uh, it involves, and what we're going to be talking about is, is really healing and restoration. And we're going to talk about it in a number of different ways over the course of time. And, um, you know, one of the ways that, that I feel like we really need to jump in first is healing and restoration in different relationships that we have. Because one of the things that I know that, that I feel often in kind of, you know, serving in my role as a pastor and <clears throat> being a husband and being a dad and being a friend and a son, like there are things that go on in relationships that uh, need healing. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? so good. Yeah. Right? And Troy, I know obviously with you kind of you know, being in the counseling room with, with people kind of hearing lots of things every single day, um, you hear about healing. And so, you know, I, I guess we should just start with like, what in the world is going on that relationships it feels like can just be so hard. I don't know if that's new, if that's been true for eternity because we're sinful, broken people. But just, you know, when you think about sort of the difficulty of relationships nowadays, Mm. what comes to mind for you? You know, I'll separate myself actually from the counseling room. I I hear this through the counseling, uh, you know, day in and day out. And so I'm in a place where I'm, you know, trying to to help that um, and help those relationships. But I'm also very aware in the, in the context of working with people. Um, I'm also aware often of my own life and I, you know, a voice of hope is, is good for me because I'm, I'm not counseling Chris. I'm not counseling you, but we're <laughs> well, talking, <I'll> <laughs> we're, we're in, but we do so many good topics that are just so good. Um, in the content, but just in hopefully people being ministered to. So, you know, when I think about myself in relationships, I can look and go, okay, this relationship is stressed over here, um, but it's a relationship maybe that I'm not in regularly. So it it can stay in that state just simply because I'm not really interactive, not because I've left it, but, but perhaps it's a distant uh, friendship or a distant uh, family relationship. But the state of it may not, for myself, may not be... Um, you know, okay, and it may it may feel a little conflictual. So, I think just having that distance keeps me from engaging it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got that over here going. That I've got perhaps one that every time I might be around this person, I feel nervous because of some interaction we might have had at some point. Wondering how they are. And then we have the thing with our heads where we just like stay up in our head, and we can be all over the place and write scripts. And so I just think all in all, so you could just imagine. Hopefully, some of you might even be able to identify. And I think just due to all of that and those different things that present a conflict in myself with these relationships, I just don't tend to them and because they're out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are present, I might tend to avoid it. And so when I think about that, it's like, why? 
and it's hard. It's difficult. It's conflict. Yeah. I don't, some people perhaps look for it or want it. Um, I even believe some people may thrive in it, but for someone like myself, I kind of want to run from it. Yeah. <laughs> even though I'm a counselor. And yeah, right. You got to run into it when you, right. <laughs> when you're working. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, our daughter, you know, she's in high school and one of the things we started saying to both of our kids years ago when they were, I think even in middle school is we would, we would just encourage them to stay away from the drama. Yeah. And we would say, because don't nobody like no drama. Right. Problem is what you just said. Some people do right. like drama yeah. and, and some people do, mm-hmm. you know, thrive in the conflict and some people do step into the conflict. And, and, and it is kind of a real tension when you're in a relationship, like you're someone who maybe doesn't want to step into it right. and doesn't thrive in, in it. And maybe you're, you're, you're in a relationship with someone who, who doesn't mind. Right. So you, I think, begin to develop, you know, different, um, skills to stay away from them or mm-hmm. avoid them or whatever. And then if you get two people that like conflict and drama, well, that I'm sure is probably fun to watch right. in some ways, but, but also painful. And, and then, you know, you get two people that don't like conflict and right. drama, but they're in a relationship and they just, I think, stuff it down and, and kind of hide it. Right. Yeah. And you know, though, as you're saying that, like I, I get that. And I remember when our teen, our teens, our, our kids were teens, um, and specifically, one of our four children uh, would get up in their head. Yep. <laughs> and so we would have to try to really, you know, position, um, try to help this person, this them. child of ours. <laughs> Can't say he or she, I've, right? only, I've got two and two. That's so, right. So just right, save so, them. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, you know, so I want that person in my in my family uh, to, to not be that way so that they experience a... Uh, you know, the freedom from that. But here's the thing is like, I look back and I go that many years ago, uh, I think that's, we're looking at 10 to 15 years ago. And I think so much has changed where I really wonder when you use that word, talking about trying to help your children stay out of the drama. I'm like, I don't even know that that's possible anymore. It's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably like not. I, there's drama so much more, I believe in our children's lives due to due to the technology, due to uh, the chaos that social settings yeah. are offering. We talked about that quite a bit. Versus years mm-hmm. ago, versus the chaos that we see in our world nonstop. So it's like to get, to leave the drama, I really believe you almost have to go to live on an yeah, island. Yeah, let's go somewhere. move to Montana and on a mountain somewhere. And, and right? now, Mont- yeah. look at Montana. They got balloons flying over. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but they're shooting them down. So they would shoot them down if they yeah, could. They, right? make, they wait till they get off yeah, of our coast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, but I think it's so true. And, and it's not just an issue with our teenagers staying away from the drama. They can't stay away from the drama. As, as adults, we can't either. Right. And I do think in some ways, um, we might be worse because. I think teenagers stumble into the drama because of the social media and things that they pay yeah, attention to. Yeah. I think sometimes we as adults even seek it. Right. right. And, and, and it's easier to seek the drama and be mentally involved with it, mm. but not necessarily practically involved with it. I mean, there are certainly people that begin to yeah. post things and put things online to, to step into the drama. But I think for, for a lot of us, we can kind of mentally jump into the drama right. and, and, and have debates with people without even having real debates with them. Yeah. And, and like you say, get in our own head. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a really healthy place for us to be. I think that's part of what breaks down these relationships that we have. Right. Because I know that there have been times when I have seen somebody post something 
and I have a mental argument with what they posted. Right. And then next time I see them uh-huh. physically, yeah. there's something there you and feel they it. don't even know it. Right. You feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do no, that's for right. sure. And so anyway, I think we as adults are, are, are uh, yeah, just as sucked into it as these kids absolutely. are. Absolutely. It, it, it came to my mind yesterday. I was talking with some, some people and the difficulty inside of, uh, their relationship had a lot to do with just uh, years of trying to work the conflict out, and which is very natural to relationships. Um, but but as I listened, it occurred to me what's really the friction here on the positive side. It's kind of strange, but it's taking conflict. And really asking the question, okay, so here are all the issues. Here's what's creating the conflict. But what is it that's good as to what they're looking for? And then my mind goes to this, goes to this place because I could actually hear it, is that they want this relationship to be better. Well, that's good. And so if, if I think about that, it's like, they're driven toward each other for something that they're looking for that is good. And what they only can see is what is not good. That gets in the way, becomes the, the impasse to get really towards what is good. And is, there's this feeling like, well, you have to solve all these things to get to the good. And I believe that's, that's false. Because some of those things, you're talking about years, sometimes you're talking about differences, Sometimes you're talking about things that are just conflictual in, in differences or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you can, if you have to have those things solved to get to a better place with the person, you, it, what if it's impossible? Yeah. Right. What if you can never get there? Right. But what if you really begin to highlight the, the underlying drive that you want to have a, this relationship just feel better and be better. If you stayed on that drive I think you would you would you would be putting the thing at the end that you're driven toward at the beginning. And that I believe is possible. That's not easy, but I believe it's it's taking the focus off of what's wrong and putting it on on just maybe the one thing that is right, which you both want to feel better with each other. Like you talk about yourself being an optimist. Like there's there's something in that kind of thinking right there that says, I want this to feel and be good. I want to be a way in which is not just, ah, so negative. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think relationships need to take that break and flip it and say, what are you driven toward in the end? And what you'll find is this is good. Yeah. And all that other stuff that is creating you thinking that you think that you've got to work through to get to that point, let's flip it. What if you can start with the point of we are both driven to a place of wanting this positive thing. Let's just focus a little more on that instead of focusing on all the things that are wrong. Well, and I think what, what it takes to do that is just some emotional maturity. Yeah. Right. And it takes a willingness to sacrifice kind mm-hmm. of you know things that I feel like I want and need in a relationship, right? Because I, I I know that you know there are relationships that I have been in or, or am in, where where I don't always get it right by right. any stretch of the imagination. But but sometimes I feel like I'm trying to coach myself into I have told myself that I need that, mm-hmm. you know, in this relationship, and maybe I don't, right? <laughs> and so it, it it allows you to put sort of something else forward when it comes to the positive nature of the relationship versus this thing that 
you know, um, you feel like you kind of need and you don't. Right. And, and, and that just takes, you know, working towards some emotional and spiritual maturity, I would think. It does. Right? And, and uh, when you talk about emotional uh, security, I yeah. think is the word you use, right? Yeah, yeah emotional. Uh, maturity. Maybe? Maturity, yeah, yeah emotional, emotional maturity. maturity, sorry. Yeah. When, you, when you said that, my mind went to this place, okay, like how do I get to a, a better place just emotionally? And I know we're bringing in another topic, but some of that is is kind of gauge how the places that I'm living and walking in the business of life, does that sustain and point and push me towards that emotional maturity? Yeah. And I think I can wear myself out to where at any given moment I'm susceptible to something that is emotionally and makes I'm immature because I am just drained. I don't have the stamina for this because I've spent my life in a way that has drained that capacity to do so. Which I think goes back to the mindless scrolling and the social media and, yeah. and all the stuff that is coming at us nowadays. It pushes us in a direction of conflict and selfishness mm-hmm. and, and and not necessarily being emotional mature. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. In this, I was right. We're not going to talk about it seven minutes. It might be seven right. weeks. So we're going to take a quick <laughs> break. So good, though. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute on The Voice of Hope. Thanks for listening to A Voice of Hope. This is a listener-supported ministry by folks like you. We're so glad that you've joined us. A Voice of Hope has been created as a nonprofit ministry to encourage our listeners with helpful resources for hopeful living as we navigate challenging days together. Through lighthearted, easy conversations between our hosts, Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser, along with their guests, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your community. Hey, let's change the narrative of the last few years to encourage peace over stress, exchange joy for sorrow, and share the message of hope over despair. Simple steps like these can profoundly impact your community and change lives. Everyone has a story to share and we would love to hear yours. So check us out on the web at mi1.net. That's mi1.net. It's the best place to find out more about A Voice of Hope, send an email, and find a secure place to give. Hey, thanks for listening. We're so grateful for this time together. Welcome back to A Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser and Troy Peverall having a conversation today around healing and uh, restoration in our relationships. And what we have acknowledged kind of in our first few minutes together is that um, we are living uh, in a world and a time where relationships can be hard. Certainly a lot of us have really good and great relationships in our lives, but when it comes to, you know, some relationships, there's tension there. It's difficult. There's a a lack of kind of being on the same page. There's a lack of comfort. There's a lack of um, encouragement. I mean, so many things are going on because, you know, oftentimes of what's going on inside of us that comes out in the way that we are treating the people around us and the way that they're treating us. And there's just so many layers to this, but Troy, part of what I'd love to, to talk about for a few minutes is what are, are some of the things that are, are sort of barriers to healing in relationships? Because, you know, I love how you were kind of pointing out how in, in a lot of relationships that the people, they want to 
to, to, for it to be good. They want to move towards mm-hmm. each other, but sometimes it's hard and there, there are barriers to that. And we were just talking a little bit about, I think, you know, sometimes the barriers are just our own agendas right. and the way we want things to be and look, which is really all about me yeah. and being kind of self-centered. And so I, I think that, you know, what I know I have to work on often is, is setting aside kind of, you know, what it is that I want to think about what Paul says when he talks about when he did, you know, mm-hmm. not only look after our own interests, but to look after the interest of others. Mm. And, and I think sometimes people can apply that to almost like a missional sort of mindset where I'm going to look out, you know, of the interest of the people who don't have the food or don't have somewhere to live. And sure, we, we need to be doing that as believers. Mm. But I think that should apply in our everyday relationships. That's good. So anyway, I think, you know, that's one barrier. Anything comes to mind for you that are some barriers to kind of creating healing in relationships? Well, you have mentioned, I mean, so far, you just, you're bringing to the table just you know, staying away from the drama or at least assessing it. Um, and, you know, going to the place of like trying to stay away. Yes, I see that. I think we can only take so much. But at the same time, we also have to, I believe, have a resilience to know that if we're going to live in this world, we're going to have it. And so we have to have some stamina, which brings in the question of assessing ourselves individually like am i doing some good some things where i can have this or am i wearing my out myself out where at any given moment i'm susceptible so i'd go back to allowing drama or getting better with it um but then also trying to try not to be in it all the time okay so i have a question for you i'm I'm hesitant to to go in this direction but here we are um it feels to me like we are in a, a culture that celebrates when we play the victim role. Yeah. Say you know more. what I mean? Say, uh, yeah, I'll say more. And so, yeah. so sometimes I think when we're in relationships uh-huh. with people, there are things that happen, and this kind of goes to the stamina that you're talking about. There are things that happen that we uh, kind of on our side need to not be offended by. Yeah. And we need to be able to, to kind of um, not gloss over, not, excuse but maybe forgive is the right word Mm. and so i think oftentimes like i I see people all the time finding themselves in situations in relationships where the barrier is there because of something someone said or did and i'll look at it from the outside and i'll i'll say that wasn't that big of a deal right right like why are you so offended by that right so so like has culture moved to a place or do you feel and see where we're almost a little bit too insensitive about things in relationships or am I just being insensitive in, <laughs> in suggesting that? No. <laughs> no, I think you're right on. I, I definitely see that. I, I'm going to even give it a little more thought to what you're saying um, because I, I can see what you're saying and agree with that, that we're so temperamental Um and the fact is, is that I think there's two things. One is that, yes, we are, we're going to be hurt in relationships. So we are going to, we have to, therefore, like if our only recourse when we're hurt is to, to fight or to, you know, to try to correct that by pointing out how somebody has hurt us or, you know, or whatever, or running away Turning from and running, that, right, that sure. relationship. Yes. It's kind of like, well, you're, you're doing something that's just like, okay, you're, you're avoiding, we are avoiding a reality that inside of relationships, there's, there is going to be hurt. And if you think about this from the standpoint of our faith, you know, was Jesus hurt? Is he hurt 
by us, even in our relationship? Absolutely. Okay, if he wasn't, it would be the sign that he doesn't really care. So he is hurt, but he doesn't abandon, and he doesn't tear us down. And so why would we expect that inside this relationship that we have with a perfect creator that we would have anything better than that inside of Mm -hmm. human relationships. Yeah, that's good. So we have to accept that, hey, inside this relationship, part of the reason it hurts is because it matters so much. So earlier when I was talking about the the relationship that I was thinking about how you want to flip the positive side, you're kind of doing that because you're accepting that we're going to have barriers. We're going to have, you know, we're going to get hurt. And so, you know, if we would accept that and stop, like as you're talking about, playing or resisting it and therefore playing the role of the victim that I think instead therefore accept it. I believe that we would have built within that relationship something that actually can strengthen it because pain can build a resilience inside of relationship. And so while I'm not advocating abuse or anything like that, I'm just saying Yes, we play the victim as if the goal is to not be one. Yeah, because if we're looking for relationships where mm-hmm. there, where there's no pain and no hurt, right? Then we do need to go move on to an island somewhere and get a dog, right? <laughs> right, because right. that's just not going to be true yeah. in human relationships. And so I think like a word that you said a minute ago was resiliency. How that yeah. that's what I think what I'm saying is 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 I don't know that we often have the resiliency in relationships yeah. that's necessary for those relationships to be healthy. Yeah. And I think if you step back and you ask this question, you know, as the listener, uh, myself, like I can, I think of marriage relationship in this way and other and friendships as well, where this relationship is, has started off perhaps, and definitely has pictures of still enjoying each other and enjoying that relationship. And it has the friction in it. Mm-hmm. So it's got both. It's got enjoying the feeling of that relationship as well as experiencing the friction of it. So so that's, to me, what I would call normal. <laughs> okay? Yeah, right. But what happens for various reasons, and we might get into this in some of the episodes to come, but what happens is we are experiencing within that relationship so much friction, and we have we have... We have not nurtured the good feelings. Sometimes that can be simply by going to do things that are fun, going out on dates. Like you want to build what I would call a competition inside your relationship, not with each other, but a competition of of the feel good and how to handle mm-hmm. the not feel good. Yeah. Because if it's just all not feel good, okay, what do you do? Don't resent the relationship. Let's start building the good. And sometimes table what doesn't feel good. You don't have to solve. If you got 20 problems, you can't solve it all at once. No, you can't. So put those things aside. Go enjoy your relationship. Here's what it does is if I enjoy my relationship with my wife over here in all these ways, and yes, I have these over here issues, but if I have this enjoyment, what happens is it gives me incentive to want to work through the difficulties because I want to get back to the good feeling. Yeah, right. And so if you're playing the role of a victim, then or or you know, then you're asking the impossible. You are going to get hurt inside of relationships that matter. Yeah. And so 
that victimization, yes, is in our culture. We are being educated by it. Yep. We're experiencing it. The church has, is is running on division, and that's creating a you over there yep. and a me over here. That's right. It, it's the divide of the enemy to split relationships that matter. That's right. And so, yes, it's inside of our personal relationships. It's inside of our church. It's, it's inside of our culture. And it's like, this is not for the believer. So we have to be in this crazy world, but we have to get out of being of this crazy world. And that goes back to this healthy relationship or not that we have with God. Mm, Finish with any encouragement for people to, in the midst of relationships, how to make sure they're prioritizing their relationship with God. I would just, I gosh, you know, having that space where, you know, you break away again, this says so it's so simple, but we just don't do it. Break away from the world around you. And if you say, I can't, I don't have time. I would just say, yes, you do. You've got to just fight for it because fighting for that with God, that space where it's you, you and him, you're being nurtured by him. You're learning to hear from him. We just went through a series mm-hmm, we did. on hearing God. And I have, I have watched people and we, I've talked about it in different settings and I see where people are starting to hear from God. And that's because they, they, they were walking with God in the throes of life, but they were also going over here to consider and to listen and to communicate with God. So I think that is how we gain the stamina to fight through these conflictual relationships yeah. that matter to us. Yeah, that's great. Because if we think that we're going to be able to figure out these relationships on our own without hearing from God, we're, we're definitely deceived. Yes. For sure. Well, we have a lot more to talk about. You know, hopefully what we're doing is just giving you a little bit of hope in, in A, understanding that there are difficulty in relationships, but B, really believing that there can be healing and restoration in the relationships that you have. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. Don't forget, you can always go to mi1.net to get more information about the ministry. And we are thankful that you would join us today on A Voice of Hope. <laughs>